we got Zippos because Zippos are cool as shit. No, Zippos are cool. So I just play with it. Oh, hold on. John has a really, he has like one from the 70s that his dad gave him. That is, it doesn't have any freaking fluid in it, but it's really cool to look at. I have a whole bottle of fucking fluid. Heard that. Yeah, it, I bought mine off Amazon about a month ago. Ke- Kevin. Yeah. Uh, oh. Hey, no, what? No, 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 no. It's fine. Okay. How? Uh, you saw the Batman, right? Yeah. How How do you feel about the Batman? I thought it was pretty damn cool. I I thought it was so good. It was such a great movie. Dude next to me fell the fuck asleep. Oh, that's good on him. It was really funny because it it was a a couple, so you know I'm actually like, oh well, they're here for the guy, but dude passed out like an an hour in, and the and the girl was all into it. I'm like, wow, I'm like this is flipped. <laughs> I'll be I'll be damned. No, I... and then he started snoring, so she elbowed him in the ribs. Yes, and he made man. a very strange noise. <laughs> uh, no, that. His car was so good. That the scene where his car just like roars life. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a monster! And then it mm-hmm. starts chasing the penguin. Uh, mm-hmm. Anytime Batman showed up anywhere, and you heard the his boots before you saw him, his monologue in the in the beginning of that movie where he's like, I can't be everywhere at once, but they know that too. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> but no. I love Riddler. Um, a bunch of guys I worked with were talking about because he's in some other movies and he plays it. He plays characters very similar to the Riddler, and I'm like, okay, yeah. all right. I can't. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Paul Dano. Yes, like he plays really off-putting, crazy dude in other movies as well, and I'm like, fascinating. Solid. I also love the fact that Pete Batman had a singular battering and it was what was in his chest. Yeah. That I freaked out the first time that happened. What he was doing. Yeah, because I was like, what's going on? And then he like cuts the thing and puts the bat thing back in his chest. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> but uh long story short, I'm much more of a DC fan than I am a Marvel fan, at least comic wise. And Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I wish DC put out better movies, but... Me too. It's really difficult to be a DC fan. Um, I've uh, also... I'm the exact same way. Yeah. I'm like, when are we going to get a Green Lantern movie? Please? <laughs> you guys screwed up once, and now you're back-to-back Supermans and Batmans. I wish we had another Bat- Superman movie. If we do get a, a Green Lantern movie, though, I don't want it to be how. Quite yet. Oh, that's fair. I'd love. <laughs> I want them to do someone else first, just because. How would be weird after that last one for a bit. I don't know. They probably would never be able to do it, but I think that Ryan Reynolds needs a second shot. Like if they did somebody else, just like later on the line, you can just like have them pop back in. <laughs> He'd have a lot of fun with it. Also. <laughs> I've realized that I've I have a very low standard for movies. Like, I don't even care about a how long these movies are, because I didn't realize how desensitized I was getting towards those things. But I, 
because Batman v Superman, I saw in theaters, it's like two hours, 50 something minutes. Uh, Endgame, three hour movie. Batman, a three hour movie. But I was there for all of them. Mm-hmm. I don't even care anymore. I just want, yeah. I just want the content. I feel that. But I, I have a lot of ideas for stories and a lot of ideas for DC stories because I've I've read a lot of comics these days and I've seen a lot of things and it hurts me that we don't get a lot of superhero movies that we we get a bunch of like MCU stuff and I'm like all right cool but we get zero quality DC stuff things. And every now and then we get like an animated movie, which I'm like, all right, that's cool, but why can't we get a live action movie? Exactly. Because like I watched Long Halloween, I'm like, oh, this is cool, but why couldn't they? I guess they did with the Batman, but also another thing. I haven't watched uh, that one. It's okay. It's nothing to hoot and holler about. I think that's what I kind of heard. Yeah, I I thought trailing back to the Batman. I thought it was cr- it was crazy because it was, ra- was PG thirteen. It wasn't even rated R, I think. And their F, I don't think it was. I can double check, but I was surprised that the F word that they they blew it on was at the beginning where the dude was like "Happy fucking Halloween." I was like, wait, we're like ten minutes into this movie. Yeah, <laughs> probably it was only PG thirteen. I feel like they could have gone a little harder if it was rated R. Probably. That's how I felt but about. I, I guess you're right. There wasn't a, a, a whole lot of blood. It was just a lot of very loud hitting. Correct. It felt heavier than it was. I guess. That's how I felt huh. about uh, Multiverse of Madness. I felt like if that movie was rated R, it would have been fantastic. Like I enjoyed it. That movie, like, there was some dark shit in there. <laughs> Bro, I was like, we can show this. Yeah, I, I was there, like, I'm like, oh damn, I'm like, I'm like, this is PG-13. I was, I was talking with Adam, and I was like, now what if somewhere down the, I was sitting after I saw that movie because I watched it with Adam, and we left the theater, and I said, imagine being Captain America. And you're somewhere in an old people home right now, and you find out about this Wanda shit, and you're like, wow, I really stuck up for this girl. <laughs> but, oh. but That's a fair point. I didn't, I didn't think about that. I, it, it upset me so much, because it's like, gosh darn, Wanda, you're evil again. And uh, after I saw it, I'm like, where's Vision? And I, I was talking to some other people who'd watched it too. They're like, what do you mean, where's Vision? He's dead. And I was like, bro, did you not watch WandaVision? She's, he's not dead. But He's not dead. He's white. He's the opposite of dead. <laughs> he's living. Team living. Team white. But <laughs> I have a pitch for a DC movie. It would be like 90-ish minutes because I think that I don't believe that movies are getting long. I I don't mind that movies are getting as long as they do, but a lot of people are turned off by the fact that movies, these superhero movies have got so long. So I feel like mm-hmm. if it was like 90-ish minutes, they'd be willing to watch it. It'd be called yeah. it'd be called Justice League United because A, I'd be very happy to see JLU anywhere. That that that's really the main reason. I was like, "Hmm, what's cool name for this?" Justice League United. My my Justice League team would be Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Cyborg, and Batman. 
Batman would be hesitantly on the team. He wouldn't be on the team. He's just he was given he'll be given like a Justice League thingamabob contactor, but he doesn't really he doesn't really beam in with anybody. Kind of like current young young Justice Batman. Correct. Okay, got He's it. like, peace out. So, it's yeah. dark. Batman would be in Gotham, trailing behind two criminals who've stolen some sort of, like, nanite technology in a string of tech-related robberies in these, like, past few weeks. He'll follow them back to whatever lair they went back to. He's hanging in the shadows and allows them to give the tech to whatever scientist character that that's there. And scientist character is going to, like, monologue for a little bit, talk to the henchmen all dumb, dumb and like. And start putting together whatever he's putting together. Batman intervenes. And practically, the goons are going to try and fight Batman. It's not going to work. It's the Batman. And the scientist dude is going to keep Batman talking until he's finished putting together whatever he's putting together. Which will work. And he's going to activate some sort of machine. This robot will fight Batman, which will allow the scientist to escape. Maybe blow up the building. It's going to do some major damage. Enough to warrant this like prototype league to show up and once they show up uh it's gonna be everybody but wonder woman once they show up batman's gonna have it tied up batman's gonna be upset because he's already said at this point he's like yo stay out of gotham you guys can keep your little boy scout group i don't really care just keep your shit out of gotham and i don't know don't ever come back here i i do the law is me around these parts and Superman and the group are going to be like, hey, we just saw that something was wrong, blah, blah, blah. And Batman's going to like tag back at them like, yo, where's Wonder Woman? And they're like, oh, they're, he, she's dealing with the, the Atlantean invasion. And they're like, excuse me? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, that's her thing. She's the peacemaker between peoples. So they sent Wonder Woman to go do it. And he's like, why'd you come here and not go help her out? There's an invasion. And Superman's going to say, uh, an attempted invasion. We're fine. And Wonder Woman's going to show up and pull a Batman on Batman. Because she's going to be like, what do you mean, Boy Scout group? And she, he's, she's going to show up. He's like, oh, shit. And then he's going to, like, throw a fit and leave. That was like, stay out of Gotham. And then he's going to bail. Be, do Batman. And... The Justice League is going to take this machine. It's like, oh, it's going to be a robot. They're going to take this robot, man-sized robot, and take it back to the watchtower. And you're like, oh, snap, there's a watchtower. And as they're leaving for the watchtower, Wonder Woman's going to, like, not crack a joke, but she's going to explain, oh, the, this Aquaman character was, about, was going to attack the surface because of uh, his, his brother said something about, oh, the surface people, blah, blah, blah. But I told him that it was all a lie. And so we kicked the dude's ass, and now we're here. And I think we have a new member to the Justice League. And Superman's like, nice. And so they go to the tower. So they're going to take this robot to the watchtower. And so Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Cyborg. Hal Jordan, preferably, I guess. They're, they make it to the watchtower, and... They're going to put it into whatever cell they have up there, and they're going to shoot shit, talk to shit, and then, like, fair cyborg farewell, and everyone's going to bail. Go back to Earth except cyborg. Pause. Before, he go, before they all go back to Earth, they're going to put the robot in the cage, and Hal's going to taunt it a little bit, and he's like, oh, ha, 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 big man behind bars, blah, blah, blah. Classic Hal Jordan. And he's going to get, like, all close up to the bars and shit. And then the robot's going to lunge out and, like, grab him. 
And Hal's going to freak out and, like, con- makes a construct of a fist or something and, like, push him back. And he's like, fucking freak. And then they're all going to leave except Cyborg. And as they leave the room with the cell in it, they're going to shut off the lights. And then the room's going to hum green. <clears throat> so Cyborg is living it up in his little watchtower, watchtower duties. You know how those go. And late at night, he, I guess night, he's in space. He's going to be doing stuff with the computer, doing, like, updates, whatever. And a green mouse is going to come and, like, start screwing with Cyborg. And he's going to be like, ha, 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 Hal. I don't know why you're still here, but cut it out. And it's going to continue to screw with him until it, like, runs away. And Cyborg follows along. And he's going to pass the room that the robot was in. And the bars are going to be, like, bended and, like, broken out of. But he won't see it. And he's going to walk and follow this mouse and like, ha ha ha, stop screwing with me. This place is kind of spooky at night. And he's going to make it to a room and get jumped by the robot. And then he's going to like hum like another color. And you're like, oh, wow, that's weird. So over the next few days, Batman, he's going to be getting alerts from his Justice League communicator. But he's going to ignore it because he's been investigating this scientist because the scientist got away. So he's been looking for his credentials and finds out that this individual's name is Dr. Ivo. And he's been studying cybernetics and genetics. And Batman will track him down and interrogate him. Discovering that he's using... he The final component that was stolen from him is some sort of nanite technology. And it's, it acts in a way of mimic, mimicking whatever else. Mimicking what it comes in contact with. Allowing this robot to copy the opponent's abilities. And there's going to be some sort of line between Batman and, and Dr. Ivo and because the robot hasn't been named yet. And Batman's going to genuinely be it, the Bruce Wayne and Batman and the techno dude. And Batman's going to like, wow, this is such a technological feat. It's amazing. And Dr. Ivo's like, amazing. My greatest invention. Amazo. And Batman's like, fuck you, man. And then he like incapacitates him and realizes that he really screwed up allowing the Justice League to... To take this guy to take this guy to the watchtower, and so he tries to contact the Justice League after ignoring them for a couple days, and no one answers. I'm going. I'm going to teach this lesson once. I'm going to teach this lesson good. Batman's going to be the loner dude who needs to learn. You need to work with people. It's going to come and bite him that he does not work with people very well, but he's going to have to get over himself to go rescue people because he is a hero. That's just. That's just how it's going to be. So. Over these few days, while Batman's been hunting for Dr. Ivo, the League members will be individually, like, called to the Watchtower. So, because Amazo now has Green Lantern's abilities and Cyborg's abilities, he's going to contact, like, first he'll contact uh, Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman's going to show up, get clapped, and have her stuff stolen, like her super strength and junk. And then Superman's going to be called the Watchtower. His fight's going to take much longer. It's going to be the majority of the few days that Batman was looking for for Dr. Ivo. But he's also going to get beat, get his powers taken. And he's going to be elsewhere. But we don't know any of that yet. So just Lee's been taken to the Watchtower. They've all been imprisoned by this newly named android Amazo. Reaping the mistakes of his personal isolation has put the Earth's defenders in peril. So Batman will have to reach the watchtower by other means. Alfred will suggest he needs to go find help.
Cue Aquaman. So Batman's gonna go find Aquaman and recruit him because that's the only like hero figure he can he knows as of now. Have you seen Batman the Brave and the Bold? Uh, I watched a few when it first came out. <clears throat> uh, in that show, Aquaman is so much fun. He's mm-hmm. he, he, <laughs> that that's like my ideal Aquaman. He's like, oh, I'm a king with my kingly duties, but I love adventure, and I'm never good. I'm a daring individual, and once I'm done with all this, I'm gonna write it down in my journal and tell it to my subjects. He's he's so he's so much fun of Batman the Brave and the Bold, and that would definitely be uh, campy. Yes. And like that, yeah. that would be a lot of fun up against Batman because Batman's like, oh, I'm learning to work with people, and I, but I, I hate people. And then there's Aquaman, and so there's gonna be a montage for there's gonna be some sort of montage where the two will get back to the Batcave and repurpose a Batjet into something spaceworthy, and it'll be fun because they're gonna make it to the Batcave, and Batman's just gonna be Batman for most of the thing, and Aquaman wants to know who he is underneath. Batman's like, I can't tell you. And he's like, oh no, King of Atlantis, I'm going to be under the ocean for my life. And I'm going to tell all the people who you are. So he's going to reveal that he's Bruce Wayne. And Aquaman's like, wow, I don't know who the hell you are. And he's going to reveal, he's going to say, I'm Arthur. So they're going to become friends. He's going to be, he's going to make a friend. Batman will make the ship to get them out of the atmosphere into the watchtower. But he realizes that it's going to be a one-way trip. So this mission, they have to recover the people to get back to Earth. But yeah, fun montage. Once it's finished, the pair will head off into space to reach the space station. And I would like it. And this would be about like the halfway point of the movie. Yeah. It'd be kind of, once they get to the ship, it's going to be kind of like Alien. And they're going to reach the ship. And they have to, like, everything's been shut down. Everything's all broken and shit. And they have to be able to, Batman's going to be, like, hot wiring things, putting things together to, like, make to the next room. And they're trying to evade Amazo, who has the powers of this current Justice League. And they're looking for the, they're going to be looking for the leaders. Batman's the brains. Aquaman will be the brawn. So they're going to venture into the depowered space station to find, they're going to find the items of the Justice Leaguers as they're going about. Like, they're going to find the Green Lantern ring. They're going to find the lasso. They're going to find, like, the tattered cape of Superman. And it's going to start stressing Batman out more and more. Because he's like, wow, the death of these people might be on my conscience. And they're hiding from Mazo. They're going to reassemble the crew, except Superman. Because they could not find Superman. Batman's going to learn the importance of friendship. And why you should trust people. And they're going to go find Mazo to confront them. Jokes on them, they're not going to find Amazo. Amazo's going to find them. And they're all going to get jumped. They're going to get their shit rocked. And Batman's going to be ejected from the station to the moon. Because he's just a dude. He, he, he can't survive on the moon. So he's going to hit the moon. Dark side of the moon. And he has like X amount of hours of oxygen in his spacesuit. So he's like, oh no. So he's going to be looking for a way off the moon. Only to find Superman trapped on the dark side of the moon in a green lantern cage and he's going to be like beaten and immensely depowered and you're like oh snap and you're not going to find out in this moment because you you get that batman will reach the cage he's going to try and break it but it won't open and he will look at superman and superman's going to be holding his breath and you're like oh no and so you'll find out that whenever superman fought amazo the fight took like they fought for a while because as soon as amazo got his hands on superman he got abilities as a superman and so they're gonna tussle for quite some time amazo's gonna find out that 
he gets his power from the sun. So Amazo's gonna like start fighting him in space and like corner him on the moon. He's just gonna wail on him on the moon until he's like losing power because he's not he doesn't have any direct sunlight coming at him. And once he like gets him depowered, he's going to uh, trap him in a Green Lantern cage, so that whenever the Justice League minus Superman is on the Watchtower fighting. Amazo, Amazo won't use any of his Green Lantern powers, and Batman's like, "Why haven't you thrown anything Green Lantern related at us?" Because as the brains of the group, but it's because he's been holding Superman on the dark side of the moon. But Batman's like, "Wow, I really don't want this guy to die. I may not agree with him or anything, but I I don't want this dude to die." So he's gonna pick up the entire cage and just start like carrying him towards the light side of the moon. And during this time. We're going to have Batman bond with Superman, but Superman's not going to be able to say anything because he's holding his breath. So Batman's just going to tell him every, like his entire life story up until this point and like why, he's, why he doesn't want to be a league or uh, why he's Batman in the first place. Maybe Batman's like kind of inspired by Superman because Superman showed up and showed like there's another way to approach these types of things. I don't have to beat the ever-loading stuffing out of everybody to get them to listen to me and fear me, blah, blah, blah. So they're going to walk. They're going to reach the They're gonna reach the light side of the moon. And Batman's going to collapse. And Superman's going to get all juiced up from the sun. Bust out of the Green Lantern cage. Grab Batman. They're going to return to the Watchtower. So they're going to re-enter the Watchtower. And the duo, will, they're going to locate the members. And as they're being stalked by Amazo. Because Amazo, now that he has his Green Lantern abilities but back... He's going to, that's going to make him even more of a threat. I think it'd be fun to see some sort of chase scene. Like Batman's going to be the one running and Superman's going to be fighting Amazo, but woefully getting his ass whooped. Yeah. But they're going to like escape and they're going to find the team again. And they're going to find some like region of the ship, find the team. The team's going to be reunited. They've been trapped the entire time. And Aquaman, Aquaman's going to be. He once he was trapped, being Mr. Kingman, he he realizes he needs to find a way for everyone to get out of here. So he's going to send his mind waves. However, he communicates with fish. He's going to send his mind waves through the cosmos to see if anything space worthy is willing to like come and save them. And something's going to talk back to him, and it's going to be like, "I will be there," but it's going to be a while. So Aquaman is like, "Yo, bro, I I got something. I I caught something." They're coming, but I don't know when they're coming. Keep that in mind. So, <laughs> he, he, he says, I've communicated with a sea creature, and he'll be here soon. As the League will fight Amazo, they will seem to be on the back foot. It, it, I don't know. I, I think Amazo is such a cool villain for them to fight, because something that mimics their powers, you don't need something out of the gates like Darkseid as a first Justice League villain. Yeah, yeah. Amazo is fun because he just has all of their powers, and since they exactly. don't work, I always thought he was like the, the perfect first villain for that new Justice League. Yeah, because you get to show off a, a bit each of them. That's what I always kind of felt like. Like he's always like a good first villain. It yeah, man. Since they because it makes them bond. Yes, because they won't be a team yet, and this one character is going to be whooping their keisters with all their abilities, they're like, wow, we need to be a better team so that we can take this thing on. Exactly. 
Uh, but yes, they're going to be on the back foot for a while and until something bashes into the watchtower. Like, it will, like, push the watchtower, like, out of orbit or something like that. And then everyone's going to be freaked out and like, whoa, what just happened? And Green Lantern will hear someone speaking in his head. And then Aquaman will rally the league as he, like, looks outside and there's a giant green space whale. So... Uh, Green Lantern becomes temporarily immensely more powerful. In in Green Lantern, there's a inside the power battery. There's parallax and there's Ion, who is a space whale. Yeah, and so, and however Aquaman was able to do it, Aquaman contacted this whale. The whale broke out of the ba power battery of Oa and came and saved the group. There will be consequences to this, but they won't know that for the time being. So. Ion will, unlike Kyle Rayner, he's not going to merge with Hal Jordan. Yeah. He's just going to, like, just him being around is going to get him a bit beefier. So yeah. this is going to be, like, their final assault on the Mezo. The League is like, all right, here's, Batman's like, here's the plan. I'm taking Cyborg. Everyone else, you need to, like, fight Amazo towards the airlock. We're just going to put him in space because we can't beat him. We can't destroy him. We're throwing him in space. So they're fighting him. They're pushing him back. Uh, Batman and Saber are going to be like rerouting shit um, Batman's going to be like zipping around plugging things up to Cyborg as Cyborg's trying to get the watchtower back online and Superman it's going to be fun they're going to be like team attack Superman Wonder Woman like ganging up on ganging up on Amazo like throws shield bounces off of Amazo Superman catches it throws it back uh, Aquaman and Aqu Aquaman's going to be doing some cool shit with Green Lantern something like that but they're going to fight him, push him to the airlock, and then open it. And then Amazo's going to drift off into space. And they're like, Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> that took... They, they barely got out of that. That took literally everything they had. This was a threat from Earth, which, which is really cool. Because if you would do Dark Side in the future, that's an, that will be an entire another kettle of fish. Because you have the Justice League, and they're barely able to be, defeat a threat that came from Earth. What's Darkseid going to do to them? But I digress. So once they finally get everyone, get Amazo out of this thing, and Amazo's just drifting into space, Batman's going to apologize. I, Batman's going to be, he's going to grow from this experience. I'm not going to have to teach him this again. He's going to be a good person after this. He's going to apologize for his selfishness and his arrogance, and he's going to formally ask to join the League. And himself and Aquaman are going to be inducted into the league. So, right before they're all about to leave, Aquaman and Green Lantern are going to thank the Space Whale. And the Space Whale is just going to, like, into the, like, cosmos. And he, that's going to be all. Consequences will come from this. So, the league will return to Earth, and they're going to head their separate ways. Batman will begin to monologue about, like, the power of friendship or something like that. And, like, the next time he needs, they need them, they need him, he'll be there. So, jump ahead like I don't know a week or two, and his Justice League scout, his Justice League thing's gonna start going off, and he's gonna go to a rendezvous with the League, and right before he leaves, he's gonna be like at the back computer, and one of the things he's gonna you're gonna see on the back computer is there's some sort of blur that was saving people while the Justice League was MIA for like two weeks, and they're all gonna rendezvous to this area, and once they show up. Superman's going to be the last one to land, and then the Flash is going to, like, crash into Superman, and then the movie would end. Huh. 
And you're, like, and you're like, oh, Flash was Flash stepped up and became a hero while the Justice League was off the world. But no, that would be, and then that would be Justice League United. Nice. Because they finally become a team. And uh, if I were to like make future ideas, they would be, each movie would be based around one of the particular characters, but it would be like a team movie. Like, I'll think the immediate next one, but the one after that would probably be the Green Lantern one, and it would be a Sinestro Core War type thing, because because since Ion broke out, Parallax also broke out of the power battery, and so Parallax has been, like, roaming rampant throughout the universe, and it will be fun. I Props to Justice League Unlimited, because how I would treat it. Green Lantern is like, wow, I have a space threat I need to go deal with. And so he's like, hey, Superman and a few other characters, can you come help me out? So it's going to break up the league, and Green Lantern and Superman and some other characters are going to go off into space to deal with Sinestro shit and leaving our Earth-based superheroes to deal with whatever's coming their way, which things will be coming their way, but they weren't, they're not going to have a Superman or a Green Lantern to help them out with these things. I do, if I were to do Darkseid... It would be the Wonder Woman movie because she's the god character of the group. I I do like a riff on um, shoot. I I I'm pretty sure it is Dark Side War. I think I do a riff on Dark Side War because in that one, there's like an Amazon who's the daughter of Dark Side and an Amazon, and she wants to kill Dark Side. So you could do you could do a lot with that in Wonder Woman, but yeah, no, that was my idea. I nice. I jotted it down. I drew a picture of Batman holding a tattered cape of Superman. Uh, I think you, you showed me that, yeah. Yeah, that would be for this thing. I just... <laughs> I was just gonna, like, do it up on my iPad. I also started drawing another thing, like an alternative picture, and it was, like, Batman standing. It was, like, a back shot of Batman standing, like, prepared for battle, and, like, a couple gravestones, and each league had something on the gravestone. And then Amazo was like a looming figure in the front of him. Ooh. Yeah. Do you want to know who, who I have, which villain I've always wanted to see in a, a, a DC thing? Like, yes. Okay, Mongol. Give me some Mongol. And War World? That would be a sick, like, space team up movie. That would be a sick space team up movie. Ah. Like, Mongol would be Mongol, great. Because, like, when. When Justice League first meets, like, Mongol, he's, like, the same level threat as Darkseid. That's... Or, or, or like, to, to, to them, he was the, like, biggest threat they had faced at that point. Correct. And that's scary. That's crazy. Yeah. And, like, and, you know, he pops in for a bit in Sinestro Core War. And he's kind of crazy. He's really... And then he fucks with the, with the rings, and Sinestro's just like, hey, dumbass, those are mine. <laughs> you better stop that. But yeah, like, he is genuinely, like, he fucks, like, he fucks up Superman on the regular. Let's play. Mongol is a superhero, superhero, Superman villain, and that would be fun. It's always, I, I like it. it. He's not very prevalent in metal. But I like how they start the story with Mongol, and they're on. I I enjoy how they just 
start in the middle of some sort of Justice League adventure that we don't know about, and they're trapped on <laughs> War World, and they all have stuff on them to like inhibit their powers, and they've been fighting in the thing, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And the thing is, like, too, like, he doesn't even need War World. Do you remember the old Justice League uh, animated episode? I don't think it was on Lumity yet, but it was called For the Man Who Has Everything. Oh, yeah. It's from his birthday. And Mongol traps Superman in his little perfect world thing. And, like, he, he fucked up Wonder Woman and Batman, like, consistently. It was funny that he did, like, he physically fucked up the two of them and was, like, mentally destroying Superman. Yeah, and then even, even whenever he got out, he was still putting out a fight against all three of them. He, he was holding strong against the DC Trinity. That, that, they only fucking lost it whenever... Batman put the little, uh, I, the fucking plant thing. I don't re- re- remember what it's called. Whenever he put that on him, that's the only time he fucking lost. Yeah. It's not so like, that he's not he a problem they can, physically. he's not a problem they can punch their way out of. No, and like, you know, yeah, he's a, he's a big, strong villain too, but he also beat them fucking <laughs> mentally several times. Uh, I think. <laughs> There's a Brave and the Bold episode with Mongol in it, and it, it was real. It was interesting because Mongol shows up on Earth. He abducts like twenty characters. Not it was less than twenty, but he abducts a bunch of characters, heroes and villains. He's like, "You're gonna race for me, and you wanna know why you're gonna race for me? Because if you don't, I'm gonna blow up this planet. And you wanna know why you're not gonna uh, you're not gonna fight me about blowing up this planet? Because I've reached some. I reached something like a week ago. So as soon as you come towards me, I'm gonna blow up the planet." I was like, oh, dang. And so they do this, like, death race. And he, he was like, "Who? the people who lose are going to lose their hometowns as well. And Gotham's like, screw all Gotham. Batman says, screw all of you. Gotham's staying alive. And so he goes rogue and just, like, fucks everybody over in this race. <laughs> and I'm like, quality Batman. Yeah. Love me some... Some... Mongo. And I, I honestly think he's... He's a good, like set up for what Darkseid has because like he has a similar vibe and then Darkseid comes in and you're like oh fuck he's so strong than that bitch oh Darkseid really bad for the group like I low-key wish like the the uh the Zack Snyder just like did like Mongol or something just because you didn't need Darkseid that quickly that's facts that like like it, it it was a cool dark side type thing. Even though know, I guess it wasn't really dark side, but like you didn't need to, you know. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like we didn't need to bring in apocalypse quite yet, other than a like rogue mother box for cyborg. No, I heard that. Rogue. I don't know. Just like it was a a a good movie, even though it was like six hours. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you, I feel like you didn't need all of that that quickly. Man, ideally, should have gotten a Batman movie before we got any of this shit. I would have loved a Batman movie. Because it was supposed to be, like, a Batman v. Deathstroke movie, and I would have eaten that up. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed... That was... That would have been so nice. I like... 
because I was watching Batman v Superman. Ben Affleck is so good. Like he he's such a good Batman, and he's such a good. He switches between the Batman and the Bruce Wayne so well. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I what upsets me? One of the things that upset me so much about that movie is that they show like the Robin suit, and it's it's like the Joker says like jokes on you or something like that. And I'm like, yeah. what happened to Robin? Something that is never okay. explained. Which I despise that. Dick's supposed to be the cool boy. Because they, because uh, at one point, whenever they bury Superman, you, you can see Dick's grave in like the, the the bottom corner. Interesting. I didn't know that. I I I thought, or it, it might have have been cut. But either way, that was meant to be Dick, and his and his grave either was in the movie for a split second or got cut. Very last minute. I believe that. Dang. But like, but like ah, that ah, like <laughs> it, it just Dick is the, the the one who has to deal with all the shit, but is is always the the, the one who doesn't let it phase him. He he doesn't die. He has to bear it all. He he's the one who has to keep living because all of his friends die, and, and he has to be the happy one. Yeah, I find it crazy that as the first one raised by Batman, he turned out the best. Or he just, like, turned out the most positive out of them. I was like, wow, that's strange. But yeah, that one, I was kind of like, let's go. They're already kind of kind of teasing Jason Todd. And he's he's like, no, Dick died and he never took another Robin. And you're like, no! I'm like, that's totally fair. That's probably what would have happened if if this was real, sure. But no. (laughs) Um, freaking, dang! I had some. I was about to say something. I a lot of people rag on. A, I like. I enjoy so much the whole bad branding thing because they're like, oh, that's so that's too edgy for Batman and like blah blah blah. blah. But I think the branding thing is so cool because no, Batman doesn't kill people, but he will brand you so that when you go into jail, people will be like, oh, you're a fucked up kind of motherfucker, and then uh-huh. he gets killed. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. I'm like that's how that's how we deal with problems, and the fact that Batman, Ben Affleck, Batfleck is a Batman that doesn't have any hope or anything like that. He's been Batman for 20 years with no Superman around, so he just does things a certain kind of way. And once Superman shows up and inspires him and makes him hopeful, Batman changes. And you're like, oh, wow, that's weird. It it took a Superman to change a Batman. I'm like, yeah, that's great. It makes sense. They, they riff off each other. Yeah, that, they're, they're a good dynamic. They'd be a great dynamic. Yeah. Uh, I was reading... Batman, White Knight, Batman Beyond the White Knight, and... Okay, I, I haven't gone to that one yet. I've read White Knight. Loved White Knight. It's really good. The Beyond the White, White Knight is so cool, because, like, Terry McGinnis is in it. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, um, God, I get it. Okay, okay. Yeah. But um, it's, not, it's not, like, a crazy spoiler bit of information, but... Like, Dick Grayson is around, and you find out that Jason Todd is also around, but in that universe, you find out that Dick Grayson is the second Robin, and Jason Todd was the first Robin, and I'm like, oh, and, and Red Hood, they're coming out with a, with a book, but Red Hood has his own Robin, because he, like, he grows up, and he becomes, like, the Batman figure and gets his own Robin, I'm like, oh my gosh. 
But I'm really, I'm really excited for this book because it starts with it starts with Terry McGinnis breaking to the old bat cave. And he's working for somebody, retrieving the bat suit, and you find out it's Derek Powers, and he's been working with Derek Powers. I'm like, I was like, Terry McGinnis, what are you doing? Shit. It's really cool. It's super duper cool. Batman's crazy. He he. I think because I've only I've only read the first one. I haven't read the second one, but I now own the second one. But I've been I've been reading White Night Beyond, and I think I think in the second one. Bruce Wayne kills someone kills the Joker, but in this in this book, Batman has like he put some sort of Joker put some sort of like mad hatter tech into his brain, so now he has like a vision of the Joker all the time, and he's just like around with he like goes around with him because like it's in his brain, and I'm like oh my gosh, and so yeah. it's Batman talking with an imaginary Joker doing all this stuff, and I'm like wow. Cool book. Nice. Really cool art uh, style. You're into like podcasts and stuff, right? I am. Have Have you heard the new Batman one? Oh yeah, where he's a doctor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> as soon as that, one of my siblings sent something to me about that. I was like, boy, I always, I've already been on this. No, yeah, I, no I think I, it's really I, good. Yeah, uh, I love Sam Witwer, like. Love that, 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 that man. He is one of my favorite voice actors of all time. Sam Whitwork? And Sam Whitwork. Uh, he did Starkiller in the Force on Unleashed Games and the Motion Capture. Oh. He voices he voices Palpatine in all of the 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 animated stuff as well as Maul. Interesting. So yeah. He, he pretty much, and then, uh, I want to say he did something else in Star Wars, I forget, but, like, he's, a, he's just a huge nerd, and it's, like, constantly picking up all these, like, small roles and, like, major stuff, and so he's just, like, constantly credited in, like, all of these things, but he he voices the Harvester. Oh. Yes. And, yeah, and, like, I don't know, he just does all these really cool voices and stuff. And he's very good at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. So it's it's it, it's Starkiller. Yeah, I'm looking it up. I it is. I think it's just Dark Maul and uh, Dark Maul, Star Killer, and what's his face, Palpatine. Palpatine. Yeah, I I feel like he had one other somewhat major role. It might not have been in, in Star Wars, but you know. Wow. Yeah, plus he's plus he's just kind of hot. He's ripped. He was. Yeah. Uh, in, uh yeah, I think he, in one he, of the he did Maul in Solo. Ha ha ha. Man, I really enjoyed Solo. I did. It was it it, it, it wasn't amazing, but it was it, it was fun. I had a fun time. It was a fun movie. Um I uh, he, he he did uh Ocean Master in Throne of Atlantis. Orm. What a bitch. Yes. There's a on HBO. There's this weird Aquaman cartoon. Uh, I don't even know. Oh, it, it, did, did that uh, did that finally come out? Yeah, it's it's not it's not great, but it's it's really funny. It it, it looks so derpy, and he's, they have such a 
they have such a fascination with his butt because they're like, we're water people. We swim. Our butts aren't toned. And Aquaman's walking around with like a dump truck. And they're like, wow. And I'm like, what's going on? Oh, yeah. He also voiced the, uh, the son in Clone Wars. Aww. So, any, another cool Star Wars character. We stand for Star Wars. Um, I wasn't a fan of Kenobi comes out Friday. Wait, what comes out? Oh, Kenobi? Tomorrow. Two episodes. Oh. Yeah, but I was, I don't know what Dad was doing. Dad was, like, watching something. And then, you know, the Kenobi trailer came on. Like, he usually skips the things, but he saw that and he watched it. He's like, did you know this is coming out? I was like, yeah. And he was really, he seems really excited for that movie. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Not movie, the show. Two episodes tomorrow. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I don't know who. I think it might have been Adam or someone, but someone was talking about how. Because I was like, oh, I'm excited to see him use his lightsaber. But they're like, oh, didn't he, like, put down his lightsaber after X amount or whatever? And I'm like, interesting. I'm not sure. I was like, I don't know anything about Star Wars. I know very little about Star Wars, actually. He said he would never do a Star Wars show that if they wanted to come back, it would only be in movies, but. Then again, actors say everything now when they're in the thing. Yep. Uh, so, you can't believe that anymore after Andrew Garfield gave the, gave the, the performance of a lifetime. That's his, that's his Oscar moment right there. Like, like I knew he was going to, to be in it, but he genuinely, how do you think he doesn't think he is going to be in it? He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys, chill out. Man, I... I think it's really fucked up that he is not in freaking uh, the Morbius movie. I think it's fucked up that there's no Spider-Man in the Morbius movie. I have not seen that. Was it any good? Uh, no, I didn't watch it. I didn't want to watch it. Okay, me neither. Like, like me and my friends here, we're all getting kind of hyped, kind of hyped, and then like the like last trailer came out, and we're kind of like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I. And then we, we're kind of like, okay, it, it, it's coming out this weekend. Do, do you want to go see it? And we're like, do we have literally anything better to do? And, 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 and we're like, we can watch literally anything else. And because uh, in the trailer, there's a scene with, there's that scene with the Spider-Man poster. That's not in the movie. There's a scene with uh, Michael Keaton uh, Vulture in the movie. That's not in the movie. And I'm like, why, why are those in the trailer? <laughs> So people would think it wouldn't come and see it, pretty much. Yep. But yeah, no. They couldn't get we were me. Like, huh? Well, like, or we could watch a horror movie. Are you into horror movies, Kevin? They don't really bother me all that much. The one of the only ones that that has, I'll give you this, is Pet Cemetery. Ah, oh, the old one or new one? The the. New one that we saw a few years back. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, then, okay. Okay, so... My friends up here got really into horror stuff. And, like, like, like I said, I'm always the, the one who, like, finally chuckles through it. Which they fucking hate, but I love it. No, that's... So, we, we watched the, the whole Conjuring stuff, the in yeah. stuff, you know, <laughs> uh, all of that. And, okay, but there's been one movie... That has gotten under my skin. We chose to get to watch it on kind of in oh, a weird off night. The Exorcist. The old one. 
old one. Yeah. Fucking freaky. Uh, have you and seen- everyone else but me and one of my friends fell asleep uh, 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 during it because this was at like 3 a.m. So they all passed the fuck out. They had also been drinking. But they all passed out and they woke up as soon as it ended and the, the, the two of us were just like, what the fuck did we just watch? And, 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 and they're like, what? And we're like, that was genuinely the the most unnerving creepy movie I have ever watched. And it can't be that bad. And we're like, you don't... You didn't watch it. <laughs> and we're like, if you guys want to, you can watch it. We're like, we're not going to watch it again. We're like, mm-hmm. so once, I'm done. Uh, have you have you seen the Blair Witch Project? No, but we were trying to watch that. We couldn't find it on a streaming platform. No, yeah, I don't think you can. That one, that's a scary movie. I... Like, oof. That one seems like one that that's like, that's like up my alley type thing. Like, like I would genuinely like kind of get freaked out in the in the good way by watching. Uh, my mom watched the last horror movie she saw was like back in the eighties. It was the Amityville Horror. She watched that movie once, and she's never watched a horror movie again. <laughs> I've been told that, that that's a good one too. Nah, I have no clue. She's she's old and scares easily. No, like, we've tried to watch some, some stuff. The problem is some people are also pussies, so, you know. No, I understand that. That's, uh, I remember. So, yeah. Back in high school, it was me and a bunch of people. We were at some sort of party or function, and they all started, they wanted to watch Saw. And I was like, guys, I don't want to watch Saw. And I don't want to do Saw. And we started watching Saw. I watched the first one, and I was like, yeah. And... And then they they just kept watching Saw movies, and I just found anywhere else to be. I could not. Saw's not horror; it's, it's just gore. Yeah, and I don't like. I'm not there for that. I don't. I don't either. Like, there is one scene that stays in my brain, which really shouldn't. But this person's like, he's looking for this key, and there's this clear box with the key in it, and he like sticks his hand through the slit to grab the key from below, but like, it's a it's a one-way thing. He puts his hand through, and once he tries to retract it, they're like, razor blades on the other side. I was like, Ugh. And he's like, trying to yank his hand out of there. I was like, please stop. Yeah. Uh, there's this, there's this podcast I listen to, um, it's And That's Why We Drink, and there are these two chicks, but one of them talks true crime stuff, and the other one talks paranormal things. There's a, yeah. there's a, bunch of uh i can't remember which horror movie it is it's not the exorcist it it might be the conjuring there there's so much weird shit that happened behind the scenes when they were making one of them i'm pretty sure it was conjuring. I know the, the exorcist set burned down like three separate times and the little girl actress her like rig for her to be like float in the air went haywire and it broke her her spine and there's one scene where she's like flails on the bed and that's like what actually happened <laughs> and it broke her fucking spine yeah oof dang and like mm. she still has like damage from it she, she, she can still like function but like she still has like damage and like walks with a limp now because of it I think I think it was a conjuring because like the whole series like shit just happened things were happening on set 
people started yeah. dying after the movies, and like the next movie came out, and then like the some of the actors came back together, and then more people died, and then the third movie, I think there's third Conjuring, and a but none of the original actors showed back up, and they got like a new cast, they went to a new location, they were filming yeah. with legitimate dead bodies, because yeah, that is the the um, Exorcist. Okay, then. Was the the third Conjuring movie came out last year? Then it was. Then it probably was The Exorcist, and it was. Yeah, it it was The Exorcist. It was. I don't know. It was crazy because they were talking about how in the eighties, seventies, and eighties, it was easier to procure a dead body than it was to get like a fake skeleton. And I was like, that's <laughs> fucked up. Oh fuck! <laughs> and they were just like getting those things. Mm. Yeah. So I watched The Exorcist once. I never plan on watching it uh, again. I don't plan on watching anything else. I don't plan on, I'm fucking, <laughs> like, it, it genuinely freaked me out. And I'm like, and I was like, you know, like, I don't fuck with the, with the, with the demon shit. I don't fuck with, like, Ouija boards, any of, of that. But I'm like, this movie felt like a, a, a Ouija board if it was a movie. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, this movie opened a fucking portal to, but I would like to close that right now. Please take me home. Uh, I, was, I was like, mm. I'm like, mm-mm. Did I spend the night that night? I don't think I spent the night that night. But like, the thought did cross my mind. Or no, that was the night whenever we fucking passed out and fucking beat back. So I pretty much stayed the night. I went back to, to my place at 5 a.m. Kevin, do you yeah. know of the uh, the comic New Frontier? Uh, I watched the show, the, the movie version of it. I don't remember if I read the comic or not. Oh, New Frontier is really cool. It, it was fun. They, I don't remember if I have. They start they start the thing with like the origin of the Suicide Squad, and I was like, "You what?" And it's it's drawn all old style, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the there's a group of people. In, I think it takes it takes place during the Korean War or like right after the at the end of the yes. Korean War because like they stop yes, it. Yes, yes. But there's a group. They're called their squadrons called like the Losers, and they 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 show up on Dinosaur Island and they're like five six of six of them and they get there and they can't they can't leave. Their ship's been broken and so they like venture into Dinosaur Island and they make it to this cave. And once they make it to the cave, there's one guy and a dog left. And everyone else has been eaten by dinosaurs. And they find Rick Flagg, who's been marooned there for X amount of years. And and they, like, build this ship. And they're about to get out of there. And right before they're about to leave, the dude from Loser Squad is like, I need to go avenge my brothers because they all died here. So I might as well die here. And he's like, go be, go out there. And the, the dude goes back to the forest. And he trips one of Rick Flagg's, like... And traps and then some dinosaur comes and eats them and I was like no and, and, then he, and then he gets back to he gets back to civilization and he starts working with the government and he creates Task Force X and I was like damn but not at all how I thought that book was gonna start oh shit um another fun one John actually started reading it before I started reading it Dark Knights of Steel it's like it takes place in the medieval age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, saw some some like uh, panels from that. Uh, the first, like, I think he only read like the first issue or two, but 
No, it's really, really cool. They, yeah. the, like, Kryptonians crash. Instead of just Superman crashing on Earth, he, him and his family crash on Earth. And mm. they, like, build up this kingdom. And their, their first knight, their first knight figure is Batman. And he's been, mm. he's been, like, watching over Superman as he's grown up. And you find out that the dad's wife is, isn't, the dad's wife isn't his Martha. It's Bruce Wayne's Martha. And you're like, wait, what? And he like, he taught, he calls Bruce, he pulls Bruce aside because Bruce doesn't know up until this point. He's like a grown ass man. And he's like, hey, uh, you're my son. And that's your mom. I think she's dead at this point. But he's like, I, I banged a normal lady before I, before Bruce, before I had the boy. And I was like, oh shit. And so he's like, Batman, you're half Kryptonian. I was like, oh shit. And then, oh, and then his dad's assassinated by Green Arrow, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> but Kevin, thank you very much yeah, for uh, allowing me to record this. I'm going to put yeah. it on the. I'm going to put it on the internet. Sick. And and maybe maybe I'll do this more frequently, or talk about comics yeah. or something. Yeah, I'm pretty much free like most weeknights. Heard that. Yeah, I, and a good chunk of weekends now. Yeah, like I was. I, What's your favorite superhero movie? Favorite superhero movie? That's a hard question. I can, give you, I, I can narrow it down a little bit. If you could only watch a singular superhero movie over and over, what would it be? Single superhero movie over and over, I would have to say. I'm a stickler for the simpler things. It it would definitely be split between um, Batman 1989, um, you know Michael Keaton, fantastic cool. Batman. And uh, Superman 1978, Christopher Reeve. But it definitely leans more towards the uh, first Superman film for me. You know, that's a fantastic segue. I'd like to hear your pitch for a Superman movie. You've kind of you've kind of hyped it up. I'm very excited for it. My people, I've been informed that there's a lot of world building in this idea, and I, I used to DM a lot, so I'm such a fan of world building. See, me too. I love I love world building, and that's that's my favorite part about writing, just in general. When you when you write like a like whether it's a book or a movie or a tv show you you write that pilot or you write that first movie and like a set of movies or you write that first book all that juicy detail that you get about the characters why the characters are the way they are the world that they live in whether it's uh, dystopian or whether it's um, you know utopian or whether it's based in reality a great example is uh, lord of the rings lord of the rings is a great example of world building you know, I was talking to one of my coworkers. Uh, we were talking about the uh, Lord of the Rings books and how when they're up on that mountain in the first book in Fellowship, yes, Tolkien spends nine pages describing that mountain before he gets to any of the action sequence. And it's all description. It's an impressive warrior. So in a lot of ways, world building is very important to me, and that's why in my idea for a Superman film, the first film would not only be an origin story for Superman, but it would also be building the world that this Superman would live in and building the ideas for future installments of this Superman in this universe. It's, it's a very important thing that while you also have to realize that sometimes movies are one-off, 
sometimes you might make something for a studio and then that studio will ask you to come back for a sequel and you got to be ready and you you don't always want to throw new information in every movie at an audience sometimes you want to already have some established information that they can go into the movie with star wars i think they do it really well uh, before we start this i have two things for you uh i have water if you'd like uh, if you get like thirsty Okay. And the second is a question. Do you have a name for your superhero, your Superman movie? Currently, it's just Superman. But I, the the title card would be very. You remember the original Superman title card from the animated series? Yeah. Where it's like the big S, and it tapers off into the Superman. And it's and they also used it for a lot of the comics for many years, where it's the big S and it tapers off. That would be the title card. I, I, I toyed with just being Superman and then my villain's name, but I feel like that that gets done too much. And while if there if this movie was ever made, of course there would be trailers and the trailers would tease the villain. I feel like there's there's a semblance there's a small semblance of mystery that goes into going into a superhero movie for the first time. A lot of times, especially with an origin film, it's just having that superhero's name sitting in front of you, that's enough to make people go to the theater. Like when we had the Fantastic Four film that they did with um, Iowan Gruffitt in 2004 and uh, Chris Evans and everyone who was part of that set of movies. It was just Fantastic Four. That was it. And that was enough to make people go to the movies and watch the Fantastic Four. You had the original Superman film from 1978. It was just Superman. Or some people, Superman the movie. Yes. Batman 1989 was literally just Batman. Batman. The most recent Batman movie was The, the Batman. Batman. Yes. <laughs> okay, I and get your point. And it was enough to make people go to the movies. So I definitely feel like while it would be interesting to have like a, a more nuanced title card, I definitely feel like just having Superman would definitely pull people in. I really want you to continue, but <laughs> now I have a question that stems off of that. Did he, would the other ones have names or would it just be Superman 2? The other I, ones would definitely have names based on based on different plot elements of the films. If there were further installments, which I have sort of planned for further installments, if the movies were to ever come to fruition, I have ideas for further parts, and it would be based around the different things that Superman would face during these films. There are a couple of ideas that we can get into later on that for more nuanced title cards, but right now being where we are I definitely think that just just Superman works so well for it for the idea that I have you've convinced me tell me about your story my story starts off like a lot of Superman films before it uh, it starts off on Krypton but there's a twist okay this is Krypton before they before the bottled city of Kandor so nowhere even near their extinction we're not we're not quite there yet. A lot of stuff is happening on Krypton right now. There you've got Jor-El and Zor-El and you know you're you're introduced to these uh these early-ish forms of these characters and part of it ta part of the film takes place on uh in Kryptonopolis, which is where Superman was actually born on Krypton. The the city was called Kryptonopolis. And then part of it takes place in Kandor because that's where Kara Zor-El and her family lived was in Kandor before everything happened. And so they're just, people are just living their lives on Krypton and everybody's happy. And then all of a sudden, 
giant spaceship appears in the sky above Kandor. It looks very, very much like what you would imagine this particular villain's spaceship to look like. He He's always portrayed as a sort of narcissistic villain. He's very of himself because of the fact that his biggest thing is going around the entire universe and collecting as much knowledge as he can. So all these robots start spawning all over the city, fighting with these citizens of Krypton who have not a whole lot of fighting experience because Kandor and Kryptonopolis are the more high society cities on Krypton. Uh. They're the more high society, rich cities on Krypton where these people don't normally have to fight. They're not the military. So robots start spawning all over the city, just wreaking havoc, collecting information, killing people, just general mayhem. So you kind of get this idea that all this stuff is just all occurring and it's very fast paced. And then all of a sudden you start to see a barrier starting to come up out of the ground around the city because the city of Kandor is now being bottled. In his infinite wisdom, he dis- the, our main villain has decided that this is the city that he wants to live forever and to be his beacon of knowledge for the plan of Krypton. Slight tangent, is there a reason why he chooses Kandor instead of Kryptonopolis? Or he just... Not like for... Well, I guess for the movie as well, but like in the, in the comics, is there a reason? I don't remember if there's a reason why. I hadn't looked too far into why he chose Kandor. I only ask because like I've never heard of Kryptonopolis. I I just I assumed Kandor was not like the capital of Krypton, but like the important part of Krypton. Well, like I said, Kryptonopolis is it's it's a name that kind of it it was used to describe the city where Superman grew up. Well, not necessarily grew up because he didn't spend a lot of time on Krypton before he was sent away. I believe in the comics he's about a year old, give or take, when his parents put him in the spaceship and send him away. But I believe the first time that Kryptonopolis is mentioned as a city on Krypton is way back in the early years of his comics. Pretty much like right after they established him as an alien, it was the idea that, you know, it was on a planet. And I guess when the writers were coming up with it, they were like, well, the planet's called Krypton capital city. It makes sense to have a similar name to the entire planet because it's the capital city of the entire planet. On Krypton they didn't have, they had separate like city states and stuff like that, but they didn't have like whole entire countries that had separate infrastructures and things like that. It was a pretty united planet. But I honestly can't answer why he chose Kandor. It's just something that he decides to that's just the city he decided to choose. Back to the Pepsi commercial. The bottling. Right. The The city is being bottled, and somehow or another, you see little blonde girl, she ends up making it out of the city alive. Along with uh, some other people, you know, Zor-El ends up making it out of the city, obviously, because he's an important part to later on in the story of Superman. So he ends up actually making it out with his family. But... The city ends up being bottled, the ship disappears, there's a giant crater in the planet where the city used to be. The military doesn't actually make it to the city in time to save it, and this kind of pisses off one of the main military generals. 
because of the fact that they weren't deployed in time to try and save this very important city. And this is what causes the the Kryptonian civil war that happens later on. That it's one of the pushes towards that civil war that General Zod fights later on with the leaders of Krypton where he starts fighting against. So we fast forward a little bit to during that civil war and you know you see you see a little bit of General Zod. It's it's not very much like Zack Snyder's version in terms of there's there's a lot of fighting, Kryptonian, Kryptonian battling it out. One of the biggest differences and one of the things that I wasn't a fan of for Zack Snyder's version in Man of Steel was the fact that Jarrell actually is killed by Zod rather than the explosion of Krypton. The explosion of Krypton the way that he is in both the comics, although modern comics have revived Jor-El. I can't stand him. I don't like the Bendis run. I really don't like the Bendis run. There are parts of the Bendis run that I enjoy, and then there are parts of the Bendis run that I uh, wasn't really a fan of. All in all, Bendis didn't do a terrible job with Superman. A lot of my characterization of Superman comes from some of the character choices that he made for Superman in the Bendis run. Carry on. So... And this this whole Krypton thing takes place in the first, like, probably only going to take 20 to 30 minutes of the movie because it establishes our main villain, which is Brainiac. Yes. Which I know I was kind of avoiding saying the name, but I kind of wanted to hint at it before I actually said it. Brainiac is our main villain for this first film, and a lot of it is going to be about... The biggest idea for the film was... The biggest enemy for Brawn is Brain. Yes. And the biggest enemy for Brain is Brawn. And Superman is widely known as, if not the strongest, one of the top strongest characters in the DC Universe. I mean, he's carried planets behind him. He's lifted entire planets. Yeah. And this man, he's... He has so many incredible feats. He's truly done it all and then some. Right. And then you've got Brainiac, who has all of these fantastic intelligence feats. And in in some versions, he's just, he's a robot. And in some versions, he's an alien with advanced cybernetics Mm -hmm. of another dead race, the, the Kaluans. When I was first coming up with the idea, I was like, well, what's a villain that we haven't seen a whole lot of in both live action and like you don't even see Brainiac done a whole lot in animation either mm-hmm. he you had he's usually like a big kahuna type character and then he's around for a little bit and then goes away right so they make him out to be this this easily defeated character because they make him out to be just brain they make him out to be just a very intelligent character not necessarily the formidable opponent to Superman that he that is. he is In a lot of ways, while I don't think he would be necessarily a formidable opponent for the entire league by himself, even though he has proven that he is, I definitely think that Brainiac is more of a first Superman outing because of the fact that he has so much knowledge about Superman's home planet. That Superman lacks. In a lot of ways, I draw. I drew a lot of inspiration for Brainiac from... There was the version of him that they did in Superman the Animated Series where he comes to Earth just 
offering a hand to Superman to tell him about Krypton. Which is under the guise of wanting to take all the information of Earth and blow it up. Because what use is knowledge, in Brainiac's mind, what use is knowledge if you're not the only one that has it? Which I feel is like such a pow- it's such a powerful motivation. I'm going to commit mass genocide because of the fact that I want to be the only one with this information. Because information that everyone has is useless, but information that only I have... Valuable, yeah. It's the most valuable thing in the universe. And I would like to keep... I, I want you to continue on the Brainiac stuff, but I'd like it whenever we get to Brainiac. Continue from Krypton. So... Civil War, you see a bit of Zod. You see a bit of Zod, you have the, the whole war going on. Eventually between the efforts of Krypton's High Council, Jor-El, and Zor-El. Between all of their efforts, they manage to defeat Zod and end up sending him and all of his underlings to the Phantom Zone, the way that it happens in the comics. Mm -hmm. Which is how Zod survives... The destruction of Krypton. The destruction of Krypton. So, at this point, Jor-El has already made it known in front of Zod to the High Council that the planet is dying. Which is another push that Zod had to fight back against the High Council and to fight back against the leaders of Krypton. It was one of the big pushes and you see that a little bit because you see Jor-El go and talk to the Council. He pleads his case and, you know, Zor-El is on the Council. Zor-El and Jor-El have a little conversation after that interaction where they're like, well, I need your support because, like, you're my brother, you're on the council. I don't make a habit out of being incorrect. And Zorel is kind of like, well, yeah, you don't make a habit out of it. But everyone has the capacity to make mistakes. Everyone has the capacity to find something that's not necessarily there. And you've been doing a lot of research on the life of the planet and things like that. I understand where you're coming from, but I really I really don't think you're all there on this one. And Jorella is like, I'm right. I just need to find a way to prove it to you, and then you can help me prove it to the council. Zod kind of overhears this conversation because it's right outside of the council chambers. And he's like, well, if Jorel, being a high scientist in... He's a, he's a high scientist, you know, the house of L is... A science house and uh, they're a very they're they're a respected house on Krypton in Zod's mind it's like well if they won't listen to him and he ends up being right somebody has to do something so that again becomes part of Zod's motivation to kind of try and overthrow the High Council but I mean he ends up like I said he gets thrown in the Phantom Zone that's how he sur- he ends up surviving and then Towards the very end of the Krypton sequence, and the very end of Krypton, the the seismic tremors start happening, and the Council starts to realize they were wrong, and they they call upon Jor-El, and they're like, well, what can we do? And Jor-El's just kind of like, it, it, you waited too long. It's too late. I mean, I can try and make enough pods to escape the planet, but we can no longer save the planet. And then it becomes one of those things, well, why don't we all go into the Phantom Zone, and then we can survive. And it's like, well, we can't all go in the Phantom Zone. That's where we send all of our... The worst of the worst. Like, we will die in there. We will all die in there, or we will all die out here. So we can't do that. And so that idea gets shot down really quickly. 
and then it becomes, well, we need to we need to save the planet. And it's like, well, we can't save the planet. We have to save ourselves. We have to go somewhere else. And instead of focusing the efforts on going somewhere else, they're like, no, we have to save the planet. And Jarrell's you know, like, you know what? <laughs> Screw oh. you guys. You guys do you guys do you. I'm gonna build this spaceship. I'm gonna save my son. I might be able to save myself and my wife, but I'm definitely gonna save my newborn son because he deserves to live a life. And then as he's leaving on that high note of saying, F you guys, yes. Zorel catches him and is like, well, hey, can you build Can you build a second pod? Because I think, I think it would be important for Kara to go too. And, that's re- and I kind of seed the ideas of Supergirl because yeah. obviously she survived Kandor and then now she's, she's got to be sent away. And then they talk about, well... Somebody's got to be there to raise Cal. Somebody's got to be there. It's like, well, okay, then we got to send Kara. Because Kara at this point would be like 14, 15. She'd be in her teenage years. I was about to. Because she's in the comics, she's so much older than Cal is. There's a huge age difference when they're on Krypton. So they build the spaceship, you know, you you see all of that. It's kind of like a, you know how a lot of movies do the training montage? Yeah. This is going to be a building montage. Spaceship montage. montage. Mine had a spaceship montage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, continue. And Zorel actually helps with the spaceship. You know, he shows he shows up. He ends up being the guy that like hands the tools. You know, it's it's one of those things because Zorel kind of got away from the whole science thing mm-hmm. when he became when he went into politics. It's kind of like that that Sherlock Mycroft sort of thing where they have such differing ideas on everything, but now that they're both kind of on the same page, they're trying to work together to do what they got to do. So they build the two spaceships. They they get everything ready. They they send cars off. Well, they get car ready and cars in hers. Zorel is saying goodbye and everything. Lara is having a conversation with Jorel and it's like, well, I put in the we put in these extra compartments that are relatively comfortable for a second person to go with them, and I want you to go. And she's like, no, I, I'm gonna stay here because you're still here and you're gonna die and I'd rather die with my husband than my son will be safe because I know he'll be safe because we've done a lot of research into where we're sending him. So I know he's gonna be safe. So he'll be fine. I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna support you while we all die. But it's gonna be a whole lot more nuanced. There's gonna be a little bit more romance to it than that. I'm just kind of trying to um, paraphrase. Yes. You know, um... And then Rogozar bust out of the Observer Planet, and then Jor-El gets sent to the prison, and he's freaking... Sorry. Right. I don't like this is what I'm sorry. <laughs> In this version, opposite of Bendis' run, yes. Jor-El dies. Yes! That's how it's In the be. explosion. And Allura Zorel, the mother of Kara, isn't there when they send her off. I ha- I never quite got the idea of how to explain why she's not there. But she's not. She's just not there. Heard. So they get Cal in the spaceship after they argue about whether Lara's going to go. And then they launch both spaceships. Planet explodes. The same way it happens in the comics, a rogue asteroid from the explosion of the planet knocks Kara's ship off course into the Phantom Zone. Ouch. Um, oh, that sucks. So I mean, you see, you see the Phantom Zone open. You see a portal to the Phantom Zone open up, and the th- the ship go through. Why did the Phantom Zone open up? You know, I I can't remember if they explained that in the comics. If but I had it does exp- happen in the, that that that's the reason in the comics. She goes. She ends up going through the Phantom Zone. Interesting. In in a version of the story, 
There's a couple of different versions where like it gets knocked off course and goes a different way <laughs> to Earth. There's a couple of different versions of how she gets there. But we're Team Phantom Zone. I like the idea of her passing through the Phantom Zone because of the fact that future ideas, you know, uh, you know, the Phantom Zone will open back up and then Kara will come through. And maybe somebody <laughs> else will come back through. Oh, right. You never know. So now Superman makes it to Earth. The Kents find him. You have that. You have the emotional scene where he lands in the cornfield, and then well, they're they're like, "Well, should we take him?" And they're like, "No, it could be somebody else's. Who else is it gonna be? Who who in Kansas is launching spaceships?" So they take him home and they raise him, and he becomes Clark Kent. And you, you get a little bit of his uh, kid life, where well, not kid life, but because I always liked the idea that they did in the comics in the more early Superman comics where Superman does not immediately get his powers as soon as he lands under a yellow sun. Mm-hmm. In, in the original idea of the comics, he actually doesn't get his powers. And this is why, like, when he's in school, he can be a jock and he could do all these different things. is because of the fact that he doesn't get his abilities until he's a senior in high school. He's almost done with high school when he gets his powers. When his powers start to show up. And so he doesn't have super strength or super speed or any of that when he's growing up. He grows up a regular kid, which is why the Kents don't tell him, hey, we found you in a damn spaceship. This is this is where we found you. He doesn't find out until his powers start to develop, and then they have that emotional scene in the barn. You're from another planet. Here's this thing that your parents left in here for you. We don't know what it is, and we can't. we've never been able to open it, but here you go. And so then he has the emotional scene like in uh, very... V- very similar, but not the same as when he has the the holographic image of uh, of his parents, like he does in uh, Superman: The Animated Series. But I definitely liked that idea, so I wanted him to have I wanted him to have some experience with Jor El and Lara, without it being not to crap on Zack Snyder's version, but the idea of Jor El making himself into an AI was kind of it was good for the idea that for the story that he had for the story that he came up with it was very good but it it's not necessarily the version of Jor-El I wanted I liked how in the animated series how whenever it was the holograms he like tried to talk to them and stuff but it was just like a recording of them right like, it was oh, it was a recording and in a lot of in a lot of ways it'll be very similar although they will kind of respond to him a little bit mm-hmm that they'll have certain like pre-programmed things that they can understand and relate to him but most of that won't come most of that talking back and forth that he is able to have with them won't come until he goes into the arctic and does the fortress of solitude which it won't be as much of a it won't take up a lot of the movie when he goes up there yeah because of the fact that it won't be as much of a trek as they made it into in the first superman film because in a lot of ways he was he was still learning and developing his abilities which makes sense but at the same time i kind of feel like when the powers develop with how long he's been under the yellow sun with him developing his powers at the age of 18 i kind of feel like the powers would kind of develop in sort of not necessarily a gradual thing they just kind of appear when he's doing random stuff he lifts a bale of hay and it ends up going 50 feet into the air, 100, 100 feet in the air, and it's like, well, wait a second, I couldn't do that yesterday. And I kind of feel like that would be a little bit of a comedic aspect, because Superman is a happy character. He is a happy character. He's supposed to be fun to be around. 
you he's know, a person. He and, and in a lot of ways, he grew up a human first. Yeah, I think I, I, I really, I really respect him not getting his powers until he's a senior in high school because he's been just a dude for the first eighteen years of his life. Right. So he he understands what it's like to be human. Important. Important for Superman. Right, because that ends up, in the comics, that ends up being the biggest difference between him and Zod. The biggest difference between him and Zod is, well, Zod grew up where power was this most important was the most important thing. So if you had power, you were destined to do this specific thing. You were destined to rule over the people that and protect over the people. Whereas Superman just learned to protect. Superman learned to protect and serve. He did not learn to protect and rule. That's a very driving force in Superman's character is the fact that he learned to be human before he learned to be Superman. And learning to be Superman wasn't as much as a learning curve because of the fact that being human played such a huge part in him becoming Superman. He was the man, and then he got the powers, which made him the Superman. Exactly. Carrying on. So, he got his powers. Comedic stuff. His powers have developed. So, now he's going to be like, well, there's not a whole lot I can do here in Kansas. Smallville. There's not a whole lot I can do here in Smallville. Not a lot of stuff happens here. There aren't a lot of villains. There aren't, not necessarily villains, but there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of crime because everybody knows everybody. You know, the only people in the small town jail are the same, is the same drunk guy who ended up there the night before. It's very Andy Griffith. You know, you know the same the same drunk guy puts himself in the same jail cell every night because he got drunk. That'd be a fun monologue, like a fun something that like Clark just like talking about, like talking to his parents or like Lana Lang or something like that. That that'd be a fun thing. Just like I can't do anything here because. So he ends up deciding. Well, big cities have a lot of stuff going on. 